podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. name is Ian Loring and as always I am joined by Becky Foster hello everyone I'm Matt Foster hello everybody coming up this week um did say on the Patreon that we were going to do about five reviews life got in the way it seems um somewhat um we are going to be covering the worst opening on over 3,000 screens of all time in the US this weekend, the rhythm section. Um, So that's one that everybody's really interested in, obviously. And um, the rhythm did not get you. (laughs) And uh, nice. We're going to be we're going to be talking Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Um, To be fair, it's, it's gone wrong. Mark's got... oh, fuck. Fucking hell, Mark. It wasn't that funny. I'm sorry, mate. It's like cry laughing. All right, just carry on. <laughs> um, we'll we'll also catch up with <laughs> fuck's sake, Mark. Um, we'll also carry up with uh, uh, catch up on some what we've been watching. Um, <laughs> are you two done? <laughs> yeah. It's just his face. He looks so pleased with himself. I'm done. I'm good now. Sorry, Ian. It's okay. I just, I'm just trying to keep the show on the road. Um, you know, we haven't, we haven't done any what we've been watching for what getting on like two months. So uh, there's, 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 there's probably a good chunk to talk about there. So, um, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just see how the show goes. Um, so we, we, we talked BAFTAs in the, the Patreon bit. So you know be a patron if you want to hear that uh we are a proud member of the pod syndicate family uh i will note pod syndicate games launched last night as uh we record with uh, my video of mortal kombat 11 with the new joker dlc and there's also me playing as the t800 in that for a bit <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, it's um. Oh, what one's about Ian? Was it, was it Resident Evil Two? Uh, there's still time to go on the Ian shits himself poll. Um, last time I checked, Resident Evil Two, no. Resident Evil Two was comfortably winning. <laughs> um, like by at a canter, uh, I must say. Um. Okay, we got 13 votes so far. Resident, e- and I'm gonna work this out. Resident Evil 2's got 10. Amnesia has got two, and The Evil Within has got one. Outlast was zero. Still got 17 hours to run, but by the time this is up, that poll would have been decided. So um, I will likely be live streaming Resident Evil 2. I've played a bit of the Claire playthrough. I'm just gonna start over again as Leon and see how it goes. Go for it um but yeah so pod syndicate games um you can look up pod syndicate on youtube and hopefully you should be able to find us there and subscribe and whatnot that would be nice uh the joker in mortal Kombat is incredibly fucking violent um his fatal blow move is essentially getting knives making the joker smile face out of the other person's face um and then clubbing the shit out of them with his cane um so that that's quite something to be fair the t what the t one of the t800's fatalities is literally running someone over with a motorbike and then just explode shotgunning them um those games are i I know it's not surprising but those games are insanely fucking violent it's impressive how gory they are um there's one where literally and it's not either of those characters, but it's like he like punches the people and then like a body basically comes out of their like mouth and then just explodes out of them. Um, and it's like, what the fuck? It, it, it just it it's an experience is Mortal Kombat 11. So, yeah, YouTube, uh, have a look at that. Um should we talk let, let's talk some trailers we had some super bowl ads not many full-length trailers um not many new ones either was there sorry not many new ones weren't they all just like new trailers for trailers that have already been out yeah kind, yeah yeah um i mean we had like the reveal that john krasinski is going to be in the flashback sequence of quite quiet place part two not that much of a surprise um there was a bond spot which fine it says like the 25th film will change everything will it though yeah i will say confirmed 180 minute running time that bond that film is three fucking hours long Jeez. um you know we'll, we'll see we'll see how that goes um I'm really, really looking forward to the next Bond film, but the thought of being in the cinema for three and a half hours is off-putting. You know, can't imagine just uh, the exhibitors are too happy with that either, because, like, literally, you're going to have to have about four hours between showtimes per screen. Yeah, I I, I think basically that they've had to essentially tell cinemas to prep for the fact that it's going to be three hours long. Yeah. I mean, wow, fair play. Like, I don't know. Like, if there's a show in at, like, four o'clock and it's like, I can just finish work, go to the cinema, and at, 
at least I'll be out at like by like half seven. I've still got most of the evening left. You know, it, it, God, they're going to have to take up a lot of screens for the amount of showtimes they're going to be putting on for that. Yes. Uh, uh, Rise of Brew TV spot. Very much looking forward to uh, taking lots to see that. Um, let's have some more minions. Um, uh, Mulan. Mulan, there was an actual trailer. Mulan looks good. Mulan does look very good, yeah. Uh, it, look, it, um, it, it looks, like, about it looks like the one that's actually a little bit different to the, what is it? I mean, again, that just could be because I've not seen Mulan. Mm. No, I mean... It, it looks really good. It looks like a film, like, in its own right, rather than yeah, just yeah. a remake of the same shit. Yeah. Um... And we've got a big one. We've got a big one. We do indeed. F9, the fast saga. Justice is coming. And so is John Cena. <laughs> um, I'm very, 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 very worried that they're going to take things too seriously. I don't know. There is a bit at the end of the trailer where he literally drives a car off a cliff and just gets it hooked on something. And you know that that scene is going to be absolutely badass. It just... I'm I'm very up for the fact that that, that that trailer gives away so much of the movie. Oh, who's John Cena? Who's John Cena? Oh, it's his brother. All right, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Oh, who's going to be coming out? Oh, oh, oh it, it, it's Han. It's Han, yeah. Oh, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. Oh, they're going to kidnap his kid. All right, cool. Nice. <laughs> 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 I like that it's a four-minute trailer as well. <laughs> yes. I just... I'm not particularly interested in the contern- continuing soap opera of Dominic Toretto. Um, it, it's they they what what they did smart with Fast Five was really increase the ensemble. I mean, obviously they they brought in the Rock, and then they've kind of built on that. Um, with this, it, I I I don't know. I just I've got. I've got a feeling. Um, I mean, the fact that Han is back makes no sense whatsoever, but let, let's just fucking, let's go with it. Um, I I kind of hope he, he's John Cena in disguise. Um, that would be something. It, it, it's the, it's the, the, them making John Cena his, his brother. It's a bit like, <laughs> and then we haven't even touched on Charlie's Ron's mad fucking hair. Mad than the other one she was in, which I'm correct. Yeah, it's weirder than that. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, she looked like a raster in the in the last one. This is an improvement. I don't know. I, I, I do like the fact that it looks like an old school. Like she's got a fucking mo from the Three Stooges. <laughs> <laughs> I even have to picture this now. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I, all the way through it, I was just thinking, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm fine with this because I, I want stupidity. 
and I want things to not make sense in a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. Yeah. So with the ham thing, I, I, I just I hope they go really simple. As in, he, he just comes out and they go, "Ah, oh, you were dead." He goes, "I mean, did anyone actually see me die?" I, I, I. Yeah. Yeah, he died in Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, yeah, because it's like it's like a street race, and then you think he's just basically been like t-boned or whatever by someone. Oh yeah, but you, you don't you don't see it. It, it, it technically down to Tokyo Drift, but it's not actually in Tokyo. He's in the other movies, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So he's he Tokyo Drift essentially is set after four and five. Five. And six. Yeah, that's what I mean, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Is it those movies? When did it come out? In Years before. before. No, yeah, yeah, way before. Um, oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, because the end of six, he's got, like, Gal Gadot on his lap or whatever, and it's like, where should we go? And it's like, oh, no, hang on. Yeah, and he's like, let, like to- where do you want to go? And it's like, Tokyo. No, because she dies in six. Yeah. And then he's like... Right, fuck y'all, I'm off to Tokyo. Yeah. And then three happens. <laughs> which makes no sense. Which makes no sense. Because they've got, they got to Tokyo, but back in time where they all use flip phones. Yeah. <laughs> in Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. So is that, that, that's the thing. Hank back to life isn't the stupidest thing that ever happened in this series. I mean, you, you, you'd have to go or something crazy. You would have to go or yes. It's, um... I love the fact that Han was actually in another one of Justin Lin's films, like before he was in the Fast films, and it's the same character. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, Better Luck Tomorrow, um, which I, I want to say was Justin Lin's first film. Chin Han, the actor, is in it playing a character called Han, and they have said he's the same guy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so technically, it's better luck tomorrow. Part of the Fast franchise, then. It's it's in it's in the uh, F FCU or or the FU. The FU. They should just call it the FU. To be yeah. fair. Um, yeah. Uh, it's I I I just I've got a, I've got a sinking feeling it's going to be two and a half hours long. And we're really gonna, we're just gonna have to sit through an awful lot of Vin Diesel talking about family. And the the thing is with eight, the worst parts of eight, at least for me, were Vin Diesel and Charlize Theron talking. And no, I can't, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not up for more of Vin Diesel. Super dad. Vin like, Diesel breathing in through his nose. Only for no reason. Yeah, yeah, it, it's I'm I'm not down. I'm not down. But you know, we'll we'll see. It's a it's a somewhat barren summer, so it will probably do well. Um, I think it says something that Fast and Furious Eight came out in like April before the blockbuster season kicked off. I want to say this one's out in June. So yeah, uh, this one's in prime summer blockbuster season territory. And it, it will it will make an 
an awesome amount of money. Mm. Um, but it, it will. What I think it will do is it will make people go right. So the the next one's going to be the last one, right? <laughs> yeah, I t- just the fact that it's called the Fast Saga. Like I, I'm just unsure. I I I would I would very much prefer Hobson Shaw too, please. I'd, I'll take both. I mean, I. I'll take both. I just, yeah. Um, okay, so shall we shall we get into some reviewage? Yeah, like I said, it was it was pretty weird that there just wasn't anything that much trailer wise for the Super Bowl thing. Yeah. I think it, it kind of shows that this year is a bit of a it's going to be a bit of a, a weird year in terms of the blockbusters. I think they all did it the past couple of years. This year. A bit of a settling space. There's part yeah. of me that would have liked to have seen a new shiny trailer for Tenet. I just, I just it, don't then, think it's that style though. But then part of me is like, I don't want to see anything more about Tenet before I see the film. Yeah. Mm. They'll they'll ramp up Tenet. Like I imagine there'll be a new trailer attached to No Time to Die, and then as we get towards July, it'll be all over the fucking place. Oh yeah. Skylar's security's tight. No gun will get through, not the way you're going in. Which is hell. He owns a penthouse on Central Park West, not his family home. A mistress. Four girls. Gas him first, square in the face, okay? Are you listening? Mm. When he goes down, cut his throat. You go in deep, you go in hard, ear to ear. Gas him first, or you won't manage and wait until you're undressed. You got a better idea? I don't have a worse one. Um, speaking of No Time to Die, the producers of the Bond films, with the most boring fucking company logo you've ever seen, um, you know it's that at the start of the rhythm section. Yeah. It's literally just white text on black, Eon Productions. Yeah, Come on now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally is, it, it, it's the definition of, well, it's look good, stylish, but I only want to spend a quid. <laughs> yeah yeah it, uh, just bizarre um but yeah the uh the rhythm section directed by uh reed morano um who i believe directed quite a bit of the handmaid's tale um starring blake lively jude law uh sterling k brown and others and is the story of uh blake lively's character stephanie who's family is killed in what was thought to be a plane crash but actually turned out to be um uh, like a terrorism incident uh which was covered up and um she discovers this and is trained by jude law to take the perpetrators down essentially that's about it isn't it yeah because they have just very quickly they have pitched this haven't they as from the director of the handmaiden's tale Mm. Now right. I think it's more. It's, they've pitched it more as from the team that brought, brings you James Bond. Uh, well, I've, I've seen a few bits about that. I just look. Do you know how many episodes uh, there have been of the Handmaid's Tale so far? Forty-six. Uh, do you know how many uh, Reed Morano has directed? Three. Forty-six. Three. <laughs> oh, is it three? Three. <laughs> it's three. Was Was one of them the pilot though? Like. Um, it's just that, that 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 person feels really really connected to um, the Handmaid's Tale. Uh, no, 
Oh, that's weird. No, not with a pilot. Um, but yeah, so the rhythm section, um, as I said at the start, was made absolutely fuck all at the box office. And um, there is scuttlebutt that Paramount tried to sell it to Netflix and went Netflix went nah, um, which is which is something. Um, what do we think, Bex? I'll start with you. I don't know if I want to go first because I don't really know what I think. <laughs> it's it's a really odd one. It's you were saying yesterday, weren't you, when we got out? It, it, it's the marketing's been odd because it's not really for anyone in particular. No, it's. It's just a really odd film, and it's it's so shallow. Like there's there's you could see through it if you held it up against a light. It is there's there's no character development. The plot is just really fucking skimmy. The the bits where like she's got to go do something, so you've got to find this person and kill them, and then oh okay yeah yeah it's gonna be really hard. All right okay, and then the next second like the next scene literally she's there just killing them. Well, yeah, that's the thing. My big problem with the rhythm section, she's really shit at killing. Yeah. Like, she's really fucking bad at the thing she's been trained to do. And Jude Law tells her at the start of, like, the training, you're going to fail. I kind of don't even know why I'm bothering. And, yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't feel like it, it doesn't even really develop her wanting to get revenge. It's just like, oh, so you think you know who did it? Oh, I'll kill him then. Why not? Like, she's not like burning with a desire to to avenge her family, is she? Like, even once she finds out that it wasn't an accident, it's just like she falls into it. Well, you, the you only know. The time that any of her fighting training actually shows up, because they show him trying to train her on her being shit. And then don't do anything with that until the end of the film where she fights that man on the bus and she's quite good at it. But you don't see her getting good at it. I wanted mm. a training montage. To be fair, he looks like he he looks like he's five foot four and a smacker. So really, I think she should be able to do that. Oh yeah. It just it just feels lazy. It feels really lazy with the development throughout the film. Yeah, no, it's fair. Mark, thoughts? Um. The thing is, after it, I said we were talking about after Vertex, and I said it, you know, it felt. I, 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 I just look now. I, I'm staggered to see if this film cost fifty million dollars to make. Absolutely staggered to see that this film cost fifty million dollars to make. It's the point where I'm going to check something while I'm talking. Um, where the question? I, I can answer that. Sterling K. Brown's apartment um, that he's got. That is that. That's where it all was. All in the furnishings of that. Uh, this movie. This movie cost mm. double, double the amount to make than John Wick. Right. It, yeah, that's mental. It, right. So, and I'm not being mean here because um, I, I have nothing. I, I have nothing against Blake Lively, but it, it contains no real huge stars. You know, Blake Lively is well known, but she can't sell a movie. Jude Law is very happy to do this now in movies. Mm. Um, and um, Sterling K. Brown is noticeable as, a, as an actor, but again, doesn't sell a movie. Yeah. Um, there. 
I, I, it doesn't look that good. I, I, I did look at the it's, uh, you know, I wonder what else we um, Morales made because it seems really badly made. Mm. And I actually looked, I actually liked some of the movies, uh, which I was quite surprised at because it's just, like you said there, Bex, it's, there's, there's no peril within it. There's, the story is paper thin and everything just kind of happens really easy. Oh, you won't find me. You'll never find him. Cue to next scene. She finds him really fucking easy. He's literally at the location that she says she has. Um, And it's like, he must look at that and think, well, maybe she will find him if he's there. It's, and there's just so much of it that just doesn't make sense of it. Where you go, you don't get that. I don't, I don't get that. It, it just, it's baffling. And again, same specs. It, it is a little bit like the producers have gone right. We've got this gritty film. We've got Blake Lively. Uh, we've got Jude Law, and it's like this revenge thriller, but it's going to be a little bit kind of like takeny in the sense that that, and a little bit of Tommy Blondie, we want it's really stylish, and it's going to be like this, it's got this going on, all these like fucking gnarly bits, things like that, and then they forgot to make it stylish. Yeah, it's it, 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 it's just really bland looking. Um, it seems to be like Blake Lively just borrowed Jesse Eisenberg's wardrobe for the entire movie. <laughs> um, you know. And then I don't think he's going to fucking Jesse Eisenberg wear those ugly fucking jogging bottoms. And then, oh, I hate Jesse those jogging bottoms. Um, and then it, it, he's like they've gone right. We 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 like it, right? But what we do need you to do is we need you to have at least enough of Blake Lively in her underwear that we can put in the trailer to make it look like the movie at some point might be sexy. And this movie at no point is sexy whatsoever. It is a very brown movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's also the action is barely there. There's that one sequence in the car that's played out entirely in car, mm. which quite enjoyed. Could have done with two or three more scenes that had that level of pep to them. Um, the, the thing is, the minute she gets in the car, you kind of go, oh, I wonder what's going to happen now. Is somebody going to ram her? It, only as if we had some kind of training for that happening earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's a very, very nothing film. Yeah. It is, isn't it? It's so insubstantial yeah it, it is it, it like the the opening it's literally 10 15 minutes of her being miserable with shit with flashbacks of her parents is that not the entire film i i, I turned up and said you know I, I wasn't not enjoying the movie uh, and i wasn't not interested in the movie but about maybe just over halfway, maybe two thirds of the way through it, I, I thought to myself, when another kind of flashback imagery of her with her mother and it all being floaty and bits like that, I started thinking, do you know what? I, I, I might actually just go now because I'm I, I'm done with seeing this and it, it's just irking me every time it comes up. What the, the, the one with her mother weirdly stroking her eyebrows? 
I didn't know it's the Iron <laughs> Rocking. I, I, I just, it, it was just white fucking noise to me by that point. It, yeah, it, it, it's a film that seems so confused about what it actually wants to be that by the end, I had no, I, I had no fucking idea what Blake Lively was going to go off and do next, and not in a, oh, I wonder what she was going to do next. It's like the film has not been clear enough in telling me whether she is now going to continue this life of ass kickery or just go back to yeah and the only indication you get as to the feeling of it is that song choice where it's like it's a badass cover of where did you sleep last night and yeah. it's like right so she's gonna go off and be a badass then is she because that song is guitar-y but even <laughs> even that there, it's like there's no development at all with her character. Like you were saying, I think uh, Becky, uh, the oh, I was supposed to go on that trip, but I didn't. Why? You think? Why? You but why? 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 I just didn't. I, did, I, I just didn't. All right, well, that's, just, right. that's not enough. But why didn't you? What? Oh, no, no, flashback. There we go. We're not getting on with there, them. It, just, 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 you know, just say, I had I, I had tickets to go see Faithless. Yeah, just anything. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking something. Yeah. I, I, I had a little time gone. That, Nick, I, I, do you know what? Fine. You know, I, I thought you enjoyed going out of Faithless and going, oh, shit, they only had insomnia, didn't they? That was it. They played it twice as well. Because they do do that live. Yeah. They do do that. They had one other one, didn't they? Yeah, it was just insomnia, but different lyrics. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's even like you say at the end, it, you're thinking, oh, what is she going to go and just be continue doing all this badassery? Because if she does, she's getting killed really quickly. Uh, yeah. Right. Well. You know, did she get her 1.8 million? She just got to go off and. I think she would have got a 1.8 million. It was quite complicated after that, didn't it? It like, did. Yeah. She had to go straight off and kill someone else. Did she? Did well, she actually have them all in where she could go and get like the well, suitcase full of money? And has she got that money? The other thing there, Sterling K. Brown, he clearly doesn't think that she's Petra. No. He, he doesn't believe her that she's Petra at all. But then, just like out of curiosity, just kind of gives her the information anywhere, anywhere. Um, just on the promise that she'll get 200 grand for it. Because <laughs> you're thinking, because there's something I'm thinking, and she's got a phone in her hand, and he's, what is it? it he said that's 200 grand. And also he gives it, I'm thinking, oh, she must have, like, transferred in the money or something like that. Mm. It, but we can't see it. That, that, that's fairly clever. Because you just look down at her phone at that point. You think, right, all right. No, no, he just, later on she goes, oh, there's that 200 grand I owe you. Like, that's not, like, 50 quid, is it? It's £200,000. Well, that's the thing. There feels like there's like 20 minutes miss- missing where she's done other contracts for him to be- earn his trust. And now they just almost have this kind of like slightly sexual business relationship where she's like, oh, here, by the way, is that 200 grand I owe you? Yeah. But even even, even like the, the ending where it's going, where it's not, and all that, that build, because the score is all over the fucking place. Mm, it, mm-hmm. Any movie that, that when they go to Scotland starts bringing in Highland music, it's like, oh, for God's sake, really? Really? And but then, then also that one song from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, during the, 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 the car bit, 
Yeah, it's all over the place. And it stops. And then she does that admittedly quite funny thing where where he's like, right, enjoy your walk home. And then she releases the handbrake of his car. And and then she's like, you too. And then that song just starts again. Yeah, it's it's, it's badly edited. Yeah, Um, yeah. But they turn to Brad Pitt and they're going, and it is, they're going, music's like booming up and it's like, oh. And then the film kind of goes, oh, it was him. And you watch it going, yeah, we know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, Stabs me in the back with an injection. It, it is. It's like it's like that. That it's like that's even that's boring. Mm. And then it, I'm thinking is no. What 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 would be more interesting now is if it was actually Jude Law. Yeah, that, that would have been that. Yeah, but that, you know he hasn't been in the film for about the last half hour or so, and lead lead off with that. Yeah, why the fuck? Because to be fair. I because when did she so she realized when he sent her to get the bomb maker yeah yeah and when did she shag him well it, it, that's ambiguous isn't it I think I think it was maybe afterwards yeah I just it's it's just it, it feels like a film that has been messed with an mm-hmm. awful lot and they just kind of splooged it out. Yeah, it does. It, it, it's, it does. It, it feels like a film where everyone's got on board, and then when they started making it, it, it everyone's kind of quickly realised, oh, this isn't. It just isn't working. The magic just isn't happening. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, it's cool to see Blake Lively doing something like this. I always have fun with Jude Law being a slightly dodgy mentor like sterling k brown i fucking love that guy's vibe i yeah. love his vibe of I, I, I may be impressed by you i may pleasure you with my dick i haven't decided yet like when <laughs> i see like i think i i hope sterling k brown is a fuck machine <laughs> he's, he, he's, he's always great everything he's in there's this one episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine he's in, which he is fucking fantastic. He's not funny in the slightest. He's not meant to be, but he's fucking fantastic. And he gives a proper fucking like creepy, really assured, but there's not, there's something not right about him vibe. But then he can be fun as well. Like when he's in the Predator, like he's a laugh in that film. Oh, he's a lot of fun in the Predator. You know, you know, it, it and, yeah, I, I God, I hope he's a fuck machine. He better be. Anyway. The thing um, me about it is, I, I, I really wanted this to be good because I like Blake Lively and I, 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 I feel like she's kind of, she's, she's at the point now where she's less an actress in her own right because she doesn't do enough and more just Ryan Reynolds' wife and baby mama, who's pumping out babies. And, and that makes me sad because I like her. I think she's got a good on-screen charisma and she's good in The Shallows. She's good in Simple Favour. I wanted this to be really good. But it's it's like she's gone, right, this is this is my my ugly movie. This is my movie that I'm going to do for, like, critical acclaim. This is this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to play against type. I'm not going to be smiley, hair-flippy, pretty, Blake Lively. But she's playing so, so far against type that she just seems really uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, it's not doesn't feel natural at all apart from in like like you say the little bit where she 
sort of releases his handbrake and walks away like smiling. That feels Blake Lively. Yeah, it, it's the thing is, it, it, it takes you back to that thing of Blake Lively's trying to be a character actor here, mm. but she's never really been a character actor. There's nothing wrong with not being a character actor mm. specifically. It's like you say, it just feels. We don't get any of the the personality or the charisma that, that people enjoy about about Blake about Lively. Blake Lively. Like, and that, that, like Sable it. was perfect for her because she got to be Blake Lively plus, didn't she? Basically. Yeah. 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 And, sorry, go on. I interrupted. I'm gone. No, 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 no. You're exactly right. It, it just it, it it was just too far in the other direction. It mm. was it it was just bleak, but not like. You get the feeling when you watch it going, right, you aren't doing what you said in the tip, and you're not interesting enough for me to go, you did with the trailer there, you got me in here, you got me sat down, and you're giving me something else. It's like, you got me in here, you got me sat down, and you're bored the shower. But you're in there with a promise of a steak dinner, and they're giving you porridge. It is, it's a porridge movie. It is porridge. It's whatever that weird stuff she's eating, when Jude Law's making himself that fucking... The, the lazy man's fucking um, ham and cheese toastie, where he just does one side of toast and yeah. puts the ham and cheese on it, <laughs> and then decides, ah, oh, fuck, I forgot the other side of bread. I better start beating the shit out of her. <laughs> yeah, I did it... like the fact that the film went, went, went. I mean, what the one thing you can't do in a movie, the one thing you can't do in a movie is punch it. Oh, oh, oh Jude Law just punched Blake Lively in the face. Oh shit. I thought Jude Law was actually really good in it. Jude Law was great in it, yeah. Yeah, yeah solid as fuck. Uh, and, and that, Blake Lively's not bad in it. I just think that her character, unfortunately, is given so little to do. Oh, I'll tell you what as well. Wait, go on, go ahead. That last scene, where she kind of like go, like go seems to walk out of the fire exit of some fucking building and then gets accosted by Jude Law. Yeah. I just wanted to know where the fuck she'd just been. Like, you know there was a fucking scene there. and in, But right. instead of, like, cutting to her walking down the street, they cut to her coming out of that building. It's like, where was that building? <laughs> Did she just have an action scene in there that we've missed? For 1.8 million. You're, you're very invested yeah. in this 1.8 million. If you're wired up, it will be a wired. But the thing is, even when she's walking there, you're thinking, Jude Law's behind that truck. Jude Law's behind that truck. <laughs> and, and, and then, lo and behold, Jude Law. The thing is, the rhythm section two should be the Jude Law story. <laughs> yeah. Well, he like he he. I thought he was good in it, but th- there are moments where he like he's zero to sixties. Like he's perfectly calm, fine, and then he's like screaming or punching or whatever. Like it, it, the, the behavioural changes, like the mood changes, are, are very very like. Exactly. It, it, it's beginner's guide to shifty character, isn't it? It's like <laughs> if yeah. you want if you want the audience to not know what his motives are, be quiet, then be loud. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, 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 that's exactly it. it it's just. And do you know what? I'm sorry. Why? Right? Yeah. Do you know what? She's sad that her family were on this plane. Whether there'd been some kind of argument, and that's why she wasn't on it. We'll never. No, we've established she had tickets to pay for. Yeah. But you know, maybe she feels guilty about going to see Faithless instead of dying with her family. Maybe, she, maybe she went. I just, my family died so I could watch Insomnia twice. Yeah. 
I still don't think in that scenario I'd go, do you know what? I'm at Oxford from a fairly wealthy family and I'm going to inherit all of that. No. Prostitution and smack, that's where I want to go. I did then think, so did she spend all of her money on smack? Or did inherit and still sat there? She's got a 1.8 million maybe to add to it. Yeah. Because she doesn't need to give him 200 grand. There's only 1.8 million. Because she's asking 200 grand and he's dead. So it's 2 million. And all the what is it? I don't think they'd let her go back to Oxford though. I reckon they would if she had 2 million quid. I don't know how much money she's got from the inheritance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she hadn't smacked all that up. She did not smack that bitch up. <laughs> nice. Thanks. Um, you know, she would have got she would have getting some money from prostituting. Well, I think she was spending that on Skag. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, she wouldn't necessarily have needed to subsidise with her inheritance money. No. But that house must, might just be sat. Not full. Well, I did think, I did think at one point that she's going to go back to, like, the end bit, you know, where she goes to... Um, show the newspapers to um, the lady whose son it was that, yeah, yeah. that was yeah. there. Um, I did think, oh, before we, you notice it's that house, mm. oh, is she going back to her her home, her, her home and she's going to open it and we're going to basically going to get, oh, is this going to be some kind of badass assassin Lara Croft kind of deal? Ah, um, oh, fuck, that could have been fun. But it, that, that would have been more fun, right? Um, but no, she just goes to that, what is it? Who were way too easy, but also way too difficult to convince. Like, she went about that meeting with that guy really, really wrong. Why'd she pull a fucking gun on him? Why'd she pull a gun? (laughs) Well, because to be fair, it was the only... To be fair, it was probably the only way that she was going to be able to make him listen before they kind of got into the... Okay, all right. (laughs) You knock on the door, right? Don't just break in. Immediately, that's, that's... puts an element of mistrust. Knock on the door and go, and they go, who are you? And she goes, I'm you Proctor and I've got information for you. Yeah. And they go, all right. And then, and then tell him who you are. I'm in the same position as you. I want revenge for my family. Like you want revenge for your son. I can do it for you, but I need you to bankroll me. Would have been much better yeah. than breaking I'm the part of Proctor's the... team. You're bankrolling Proctor. Now you continue to bank- bankroll me. Don't point a fucking gun at him and go, I want some money. Then he just feels like he's getting robbed. Uh, okay, well, okay, fair enough. You feel very, you, you you seem to feel very strongly about this, Mark. So I will uh, I will defer <laughs> to you, sir. She just makes the wrong decisions all the way through. Totally fair. Yeah, she does. I told you, she makes the wrong decisions all the way through. You, you look at it, right? She goes to her hairdresser and she she looks at a picture of like a like a hairstyle and then you think, oh. She's gonna get rid of the ugly wig, you know. We're gonna get, we're gonna get someone that looks a little bit more like what everyone expects late life to look like. No, she comes out with fucking Bob Dylan's hair. <laughs> What's that about? I didn't notice it was the Bob cut. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Really upset me. She's that. A full villain. She did go full villain. Yeah. She's a full villain. Guess who has the wardrobe? <laughs> what a fucking ugly wardrobe. Like he's like she's gone. Right, no. Right, this is my ugly movie. I'm not wearing skinny jeans at any point. Like, if you're a smackhead living in London, you aren't wearing that. You're wearing you are, fucking skinny jeans uh, and a ratchet hoodie. If you're a smackhead in London, you are wearing, you're not wearing skinny jeans, you are wearing jog pants and a hoodie. And that's what she's wearing. Uh, just, it's just... And they're probably burgundy. Those were like... Burgundy. They were like red, bright red. It's like a green jacket. Oh, 
costuming was horrible in this movie. She did like that hat though, that teal hat. She was very, very keen for that hat. Yeah. Yeah, the, the teal hat. The, the only bit of colour in the entire movie is that teal hat. <laughs> and the red goggles. I don't think they were that red, babe. Teal hat. That's what it should have been called. Didn't she keep it on when she goes swimming as well? She puts it on to go swimming. <laughs> it's not a swimming cap, Blake. It's wool. It'll <laughs> weigh you down. I, that bit, I don't even get that bit. You can either continue running or you can swim there. And she decides to swim. <laughs> I can't swim. I'll die. Right, but then she just gets in. And Fine, I'll swim. I'll swim. I will put everything that I have in this, strap it to me, so it weighs even more, and go out in that freezing water. I feel like we've talked about the rhythm section longer than anyone has ever talked about the rhythm section, including those involved in the filming of the rhythm section. Yeah, I, I, I really wanted this to be good. Mm. And it's not. And I'm kind of upset. I'm 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 touching cloth on it. I I think the performances are decent enough that they get you through it. I'm touching cloth, that's the thing. Because I, I I'm annoyed that it wasn't a lot better, but I don't think it was absolutely terrible. It's mm. not very good. But I'm touching cloth because, like, like you said it earlier, the performances are all good. There's not a bad performance in it. Thanks. Um, where, where's your head at with it? Yeah, probably touching cloth, but it will definitely be in my most disappointing of the year, <laughs> at the end of the year. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I really, really was rooting for this film. <laughs> but hey-ho. Mm. So that's the room section, and, uh, yeah... I'll not remember anything about it in a week's time. Um, okay. That's the Sh- thing, though. I don't know whether it whether I'm actually shit on it because the, like there is no way I could, in good conscience, even vaguely recommend someone go see this movie. I think my type stuff is shit then. Okay, I have, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you have as well. <laughs> Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four and five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one is a cold, dead heart? Yeah, The Dark Knight has got like, all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, it's like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. 
Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just thinking that's the third time though. I mean, I must, is this on? You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. You, you wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody... <laughs> He looks like somebody who can keep a secret. A reboot, boys, is when Hollywood wants to make a lot of money without the hassle of creating a new movie. So they take an old movie and change just enough to make you pay for the same shit all over again. Those greedy fucking animals. Oh, it's insidious. They take a flick you loved as a kid and add youth and diversity to it. For example, name the movie where a robot has secret plans that could help the good guys beat the bad guys and their leader in a black mask by blowing up a giant ray gun in space. Star Wars. No. The Force Awakens. See, now that's what you call a reboot. Nung. Thought that was a sequel. Hollywood doesn't make sequels anymore. Shit, they don't even make squeakles, yo. Studios have given up on new ideas entirely in favor of building multi-movie universes that breed brand-loyal customers from cradle to grave. So if you like Harry Potter, cash shinigus, you're getting ten fucking more. You like the Fast and Furious flicks? We're gonna drive the franchise into the ground, bitch. Oh, you want another Marvel movie? Here we go. Hey, man, those Marvel movies are a triumph of cinema. I live on those Marvel movies. I live for those Marvel movies. I watch those Marvel movies more than I watch Pornhub, and I come twice as hard doing it. Jay and Silent Bob reboot. It's written and directed by Kevin Smith and stars basically everyone who's ever been in a View Askew Universe film. Like... Yeah, there's a lot of people in this film, um, and yeah, uh, what's the story? Jay and Silent Bob um, are get basically get told legally that they're no longer to refer to themselves as Jay and Silent Bob because Saban Films, the production company behind Jay and Silent Bob reboot, have the rights to their names, so they have to go to Chronic Con to stop. <laughs> blunt man and chronics reboot from getting made and in the goings of it jay discovers that he has had a daughter by shannon elizabeth's justice uh that daughter being uh she's called millennium falcon and she's played by harley quinn smith um jay and silent bob reboot mark thoughts um i would say it, it very much is for people who are who have a connection with the viewers universe movies if you don't then you literally will have none of the nostalgia none of the um the, the, the feelings of recognizing or appreciating what's why those characters are there and what is the meaning behind what, what that, that character is saying and bits like that. I also think you have to have a bit of a knowledge of, um, of Kevin Smith as well. 
um, in terms of the things like the the scene with Ben Affleck and uh, other bits within the movie. There, so I think if you don't have those, you'll go, "What the fuck is this?" Whereas if, I think if you do have those and you are in, you are a fan of of this of, of Smith's earlier movies, then I think there's a lot of like love and nostalgia to get you through it, and you're spending time with certain characters that you that you want to spend a little bit more time with, and I think that's that's really was quite cool. I thought the whole the opening uh, of the movie um, that has a, a very um, the as a great sort of nod towards what Clerks Three might be about if it ever gets made, um, and then also you have nods to what the Mallrats sequel uh, could have been um, and then you have Jason Lee as Brody explaining what the difference between a reboot and a remake is was really quite nice uh, and quite fun uh, it's it goes a little bit off kilter when it starts to, it, I'd say it has a saggy middle where, where you you lose a lot of the um, the older characters and you bring in all of the young new reboot characters it, it does kind of make you go I'm kind of bored of this a little bit uh, move on so it's maybe a little bit too long but I, 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 I definitely took enough from it how about you oh me or Bex uh, Bex didn't watch it Oh shit! Yeah, sorry. Um, no, of course she didn't. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I, I quite enjoyed it actually. Um, it may, even though I will say the one thing that it made me feel at the end was I would like to live in the alternate universe where after chasing Amy, Kevin Smith made films like that because there are moments in this like the the Ben Affleck section. Yeah, is really fucking strong. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, and it's a lovely coda to Chasing Amy. Um, and it's weird that you've got that also in a film that's got everything else that's in it. I mean, the Matt Damon bit, it's <laughs> just like that felt like just a deleted scene that they just shoved in there because it was Matt Damon. Like, that was it, bizarre. It yeah, it literally feels like Matt Damon recorded that himself. Yeah. Like setting up the camera himself and doing that. I, I, like, I mean, it was fun. And, like, I liked... He had the cheeky impishness that Loki and Dogma had yeah. in that. I, I, You know, it, it's weird. It just felt like everyone was like... Fuck it. Like, like he says in the film, I convinced a bunch of people like out of, oh, we're glad you didn't die kind of guilt to be in the movie. And it's like, yeah, all right, fair enough. But they are 100% giving a shit. Like, yeah, there's not one performance in this film that you go, that person wasn't making any effort. Um, I mean, everybody's absolutely there for for Kevin Smith. Yeah, I mean it's it it's it, it's quite a a nice experience watching this film. Um it's not I mean fuck me, it's not perfect. Oh god no. But 
it's nice to see Jason Mewes. He remains funny. Um, like just when he's going off on one, few can do just kind of like just that that odd fucking that odd stone like aggressive stoner vibe that Jason Mewes can do. Um, and it's like. Did I like the Silence of the Lambs recall bit at the beginning? Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... It, it's the guy's reaction to it. Yeah. He's got uh, no dick. He has got a dick. It's just tucked in between. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, it's... I, yeah, I like that bit. I like I liked the Jason Lee bit enough. Um, ben Affleck bit, great. I, yeah, but then towards the end... The, the Russian secret agent bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, then. And, like, Silent Bob in the Iron Man costume. Uh, all right, then, fine. Um, but it... The thing is, this film's been so surprisingly successful that I'm worried that Smith is going to learn the wrong things from it. Um you know, if there is a Clerks 3, which I don't think there will be, considering Jeff Anderson was nowhere to be fucking seen in this. And uh, apparently he's more on board with Clerks 3 now. Oh, yeah, OK. Um, or like more Rats 2. It just I'm not entirely sure we need those. But also, do you know what? At the same time, we don't need Tusk or Yoga Hoses. So I, I just... I'm, I'm hoping that that is what he has taken from this is, do you know what? There's an element of, um, cause the, 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 the bad thing about the Kevin Smith thing is, um, he now he, he, he's synonymous with the fact that he liked his weed. But mm. when he made um, Clerks and Morats, he, 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 he hadn't started being a weed user. Yeah, you know, and it it it, it, it seems like it'd be nice because he, he, he clearly has he clearly has things to say, and he clearly has a way of saying them. And he is a he is a good writer when he gets into a flow. And like you say, with the bits with uh, Ben Affleck in this, they work really well. When he does semi-serious it works really really well um i think that there possibly is a, a, a place out there for those type of movies well even though I, I i think what this film is is him wanting to make a film about fatherhood realizing the last time he did that he did jersey girl and going okay if i wrap this in the comfort blanket of a jay and silent bob film and then say the things i want to say about fatherhood within that then maybe that's just like a happy medium for him or something it's like if he wants to make these films that have really good dialogue and a bunch of stuff for the fans as well if he want if he wants to do that for the next 20 years do you know what fucking good luck to him um, that, that- that's Sorry. It. That's it. I I'd happily I would happily watch another Clerks. I'd happily watch another Morat. I'd happily I'd happily watch him bringing in a new different um, 
filmed into this in this universe. Uh, but I get the feeling, like you say, that he's he he's one of those filmmakers who throws out all of his ideas out there, um, and then only lands on a certain amount of them. Yeah, it's. Um... I mean, I, fair play. Like Saban Films gave him ten million dollars for this. You know, that's that's not nothing. Um, and would I say this film cost ten million? Yeah, but probably just because of the actors that are in it. And you know, you know, they basically probably got like scale. Um, but I, I don't know. Like I used to get very very annoyed with what Kevin Smith was was doing. Kind of back in the day, I I had quite a lot of rants about kevin smith and now it's just to the point that i don't know man he he seems to have a comfortable life he goes out there when he does these films like with this this film he toured it around the u.s with jay and did q and a's and stuff after and it's like if if that's the hustle that he's got now fine and the film's not abhorrent to, to be fair I haven't seen Yoga Hoses, but it's the best thing he's probably done in a fucking decade. Oh, I, I'd say it is, yeah. And, and as well, he, he he likes that fan engagement of uh, of doing these Q&As, of mm. doing his stand-up bits and things like that. And he, he you know, he said, um, you know, part of it is it, it, it feeds the fucking ego, man. But the other bit of it is he, he likes shooting the shit. He likes talking to people. He likes talking to fans. There's actually a, a bit at the end of the movie, uh, the last bit in the credits, uh, is a, a little title card that, that says, uh, you know, thank you all for supporting yeah. me in the past 25 years of filmmaking. This is entitled you to at any point stop me and say hi and ask for a selfie or whatever. Just don't do it while we're in the bathroom, man. It's weird. Where till we get out? Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it's kind of, it's that thing. You, you get the feeling that a guy who, if you, if you recognise Kevin Smith and you want to go up and say hello to Kevin Smith, it's because one of his movies has meant fucking something to you. Um, it's because you know Kevin Smith is. And so you go to that. Uh, and then, it, it, you know, you get, he will get that a lot. But you do get the feeling like, if you told him, do you know what? Um, Noel Francis had a thing from Chasing Amy, didn't he? His, um, when did, did you, you read? Yeah. Yeah. If, if you met him or Noel met him and said that, he'd be like, man, that's fucking cool. You know, that's amazing. I'm glad that, you know, I could have been in a, a way a part of that. And there's bits like that. And you get the feeling that his, his force of personality is what, it, 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 that's what Saving Films invested. They, wasn't, they, they were like, right, we'll give 10 million for the movie. But, we like your idea. You're doing something fucking different with this. And, you know, maybe this is a, we're going to get someone off that. You know, there's a, a, mm-hmm. a goodwill with that. And it's, um, but it, it, it's a lot of fun as well, as well along the way. And it pokes fun at a lot of things. And it's, you know, you, you get the, the, the Matt Damon, you know, Bond joke in there, which Matt Damon actually really seems to quite enjoy. I, I, I did like that reborn identity thing. That was pretty fucking solid, that. Yeah. Um, and you get Ben Affleck uh, basically saying that he enjoyed being Ben Affleck. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, and uh, of course, we're, we're, we're forgetting one thing here. Craig Robinson's in it, so it's instantly one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah, that, that's true. I did... I, I I did like him and Justin Long. Um, I, like it, that their interactions were fun. I, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's 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 a it's a bit of a feel good movie as long as you're so inclined. Yeah, that, that 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 that's exactly it. It's um, yeah, that is that is exactly what I, I'd agree with that. It's just it, it, if you're going at this going, oh, I don't know, I'm gonna enjoy this. You're not gonna enjoy it. You're just not. Yeah. <laughs> But if you go into it going, oh, I'm looking forward to sort of seeing if this person crops up, if this person crops up, they might crop up, but you're going to enjoy it. Mm. Yep, totally. It's um, it's definitely not shit for me. Uh, it was a really pleasant yeah. surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I really enjoyed it, and I, I mean, Jane Silent Bob is probably the, the the Kevin Smith movie of the US Universe ones that I go back to the least. Mm. Um, but I I, I can certainly see myself going back to this. Uh, and the the, the the Stanley bit at the end was really sweet. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, Harley Quinn Smith's not bad as well. Like she's she. It, it looks like she's forging a good career for herself. And fair, fair play to her. What I would say there is, yeah, she's. You can see her with every film getting better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Jason Mewes, I don't think, has ever been better. He's very, very good in just that one bit where it, it, it's just like he's talking about you. You know, I knew I knew your dad. He was a pe- like he's oh. he was a piece of shit. And just that like that realization, like he just like kind of says it quietly, almost like mumbling, like he's a real piece of shit. And it's like, wow, all right, yeah, that's. But then the end is still him kind of like teaching her the tricks of the trade outside the quick stop. It's um, you know, it's yeah. fun. I'm not that bothered about having another one, but it's fun. No, I'm, I'm the same. I it just, you don't need another one of these. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 I got easily enough out of it. Yes. I, I was pleasantly surprised at, at, at how much it felt like an actual film rather than just not quite a film. Quite. Good stuff. Um, so, let's do some what we've been watching. Who wants to get started? We've just talked for expect you to start. Oh, that's how we're going back. Uh, as far back as you need to. Go back <laughs> on the stuff that you watched so long, maybe. I don't know. Give me a minute. Mm. Okay, so we watched them. I watched them. I watched them. Um, I rewatched Us. Okay, nice. How'd that go? Um, I still find it quite disappointing, to be honest, from... From what I expected or hoped it would be to what it actually was, like it's it's good and it's interesting, but it's I don't know, it's just it's not as creepy as as the trailer made out it was going to be. It just gets going and then it just doesn't stop. Yeah. Um. It's I mean it's, I'm I'm in no way saying it's a bad film. It's not. It's it's a very good film. I just wish it had. It felt like it was missing some element that it needed to be scarier, creepier. A bit toothless. Yeah. Which is weird because it's very violent. Yeah, it is. But, but violent doesn't equal scary or creepy. It's no. just violent. Just violent, yeah. Um. So yeah, I watched uh, Ring 
after we went to see the Grudge remake. Yeah. Nice. Because I wanted to, I wanted to get back into the Japanese horror. It's really fucking good, is Ring. Yeah, it is. I think as well, it's it's not the film that. not the film you kind of expect it to be really like even if you've watched it you kind of go oh yeah ring that's really scary and, and a lot of what stays with you is is the scary bits like a bit of a coming out of the tv and stuff like that it's actually like it's a really good like mystery that they're, that they're trying to solve what happened um and all that kind of jazz so it, i think ring two is a bit i, I need to rewatch that I, I haven't done that yet but i think ring two is a bit more all-out horror yeah um, and it, it's a bit more formulaic from what I remember. Um, but yeah, Ring Ring is actually a really solid movie. Um, have you seen Ring Zero? No, no. Um, I've seen Ring and Ring Two, but I never, I've never done Ring Zero. That, that would be a really strong recommend. It's oh, okay. About, like how it all starts and everything. It's about Sadako. What about her like shooting the video and like how she had to fire the original director? <laughs> it explains elements of the video and stuff but it's, it's oh okay but yeah it's about like it, it, yeah it explains some of the imagery that's in the video from what i remember mm. but it it kind of explains how she ends up being how she is if that makes sense okay um, but i haven't watched that yet but i do have a dvd box set of all of them nice <laughs> i'll be getting to it I love watching DVDs. Like you, you watch a Blu-ray, and it all feels very quite like clinical. The picture's really crisp and stuff like that. And then you watch a DVD, and it's just looks like, like hammered shit. <laughs> it, it's, just, it's just a bit like fluffy around the edges. Nothing's quite as sharp, is it? And it's I don't know. It just it feels more comforting. To it me. feels appropriate for Ring. Yeah. To definitely. be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What else? What else? What else? Got together. We. I, I spoke about watching um the original grudge last time didn't ask we, we i talked about it as part of the grudge with you um god i'm going really far back now oh me and isabel started a rewatch of all the uh, resident evil movies <laughs> nice so we've watched four of them so far um they're just they're just really fucking solid movies. I think because I obviously I'd played Biohazard, but I'd not really played any of the other games really when I last watched them through with her. Mm. And it's having played through Resident Evil and playing through Resident Evil Two, which watching the movies was out of fuck. I finished this game now twice. I can't play it again. That's the kind of thing a mental person would do. Fuck. What can I do? I need a fix. I need a fix. So I watch the movies. But like there's bits you pick out of them that that are from the games and it's like, oh, okay. That's from there and that's from there and that's that person. And it's quite good really doing it after playing. I'm really looking forward to Resident Evil 3 re- remake, reboot, remake coming out. Yeah. Um, um, I watched The Kid Who Would Be King. Which figure that? Which one's that? The 28th of December. Oh, fair enough. Um, um, it's a fucking mixed bag, is that film? Yeah, yeah. It's very much a family film. Like some some of the family films you watch, you like, oh, actually, this is this is quite good and quite sophisticated. Kiddo Would Be King is not. 
really. Well, there's funny bits in it, but it is very much aimed at kids. It feels, yeah, it feels that film's a missed opportunity. I think it's because I, th- I think it's about two hours long, and there's a lot of fucking padding in there. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 baggy as fuck, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like if that thing was ninety minutes long, it feels like you know cut some of the shit out with the older kids like there's there's a turn about two-thirds of the way through or maybe halfway through where the older kids kind of like fuck off again and it's like they're they're like the guy's like a dickhead to andy circus's kid and then they have a bit of a falling out and then andy circus's kid is like looking for his dad and there's just stuff there that you could trim back and have a more lean film but then you know towards the end where it's like the school fighting the demons and stuff it you know it's quite fun yeah yeah it is yeah but yeah the, the those two like bully kids wasn't weren't, weren't keen for them yeah no no quite like, like you say, they, had, they had a bit of a redemption arc and then they just went back to being little shits for a bit again yeah and it's like that maybe don't do that it, it yeah i mean lots um Lots made it um, through the whole thing in the cinema, which I, I was quite surprised by, actually. I thought she yeah. was going to, you know, there's there's some imagery in that. That's a bit fucking hell. Yeah. Um, what is it? Is it a PG or a 12? Uh, no, it's a PG. Yeah. Yeah, it's a PG. I was going to say, was that like the first, because I took her to see the house with a clock in its walls, which was a fucking terrible idea. And we got about <laughs> halfway through, but um, we, we made it through the kid who would be king. Yeah. 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 yeah Cause the, the things that come out at night, they're quite scary. Aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. She wasn't a fan of them, but no. she, yeah, she got through it. Um, and then the only other one that I've watched on my own is um, Mulan. We watched Mulan. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I kept mentioning it to you, and you're like, it's a it's a Sunday afternoon at 28 minutes past two film. (laughs) And then never get into it. So. I mean, if you didn't tell me we were watching it at 20 minutes past two, then I don't see why I should. You were being awfully specific about when you would have wouldn't watch it, so I just thought, fuck it, I'll watch it. Well, fuck you. Um, it I it's good. I'm I'm expecting the live action one to be better. It looks like it's got a bit more to it the 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 animated one is it's it's an animated disney movie it's it's very good and it's it's message is good and all that kind of stuff but it's yeah it, it didn't, don't get me wrong i enjoyed it it's good I, I probably won't watch the animated one again mm. whereas i will watch very excited for the live action ones um and then that's it everything else is ones that you've been there for as well cool do you want to Fire out some gear and then we'll we'll do the ones we watched together. Uh yeah no sure I um I'll, I'll rattle through. Uh to be fair I think that like we've kind of either reviewed them or they're Bond films for a lot of them. So um <laughs> like making my way through slowly but surely. Um so uh watched Unstoppable really like Unstoppable. It's fucking brilliant that movie. Yeah. Um, Atlantics, the Matty Diop uh, Netflix one that people were pissed off about it not getting an Oscar nomination for Best uh, International Film. And that's because it's not that great. Uh, it's fine. Um, it's interesting. It's basically um, 
a bunch of guys looking for work go out to see seemingly drown and then they seem to possess the women of the town and slowly get revenge but it's not nearly as interesting as i made it sound there um it's fine uh the safety brothers the pleasure of being robbed um actually uh I did a review of that which is on uh, vodzilla so i direct you there uh really really enjoyed it very very safty um little women little women's fu- a fucking banger we'll talk about it when you guys catch up with it um the never-ending story uh lots uh managed oh. to... sorry oh i love never-ending story yeah it's, it's donna's favorite film of all time and we've been um waiting to show it to lots and she made it through the whole thing, to be fair. She did well. A um, couple of scary moments. Cry when our facts. Oh, she, she was just very... Uh, death is a concept that I think she's starting to get her head around. Um, just the, the existential kind of like, it just gives up on living. Yeah. Like, it, it, that's, that's quite a concept. You know, it's just yeah. like the despair basically dragging it down yeah it's um yeah it, it's it's something is never ending story um yeah it, it you know great model work um looks amazing for its time um but yeah um teen titans go versus teen titans um it's not teen titans go to the movies but it's fun uh made for it, it was basically like a director video thing where the teen titans go are visited by the teen titans like the more serious version of them and then it it basically turns into avengers endgame at the end where like literally there are portals opening and it's loads of different teen titans from alternate universes coming together it it, is quite fun um if if you like the teen titans films um rewatch joker joker is fantastic fuck the haters it's really 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 good and it's mental that that film made as much as it did even with the fact that it's a dc film just you know it a film where joaquin phoenix empties a fridge and then proceeds to get in the fridge um made over a billion dollars worldwide and isn't that that's not far off what the latest star wars movie made yeah, no, it's the latest Star Wars film had such a fucking drop off from both Last, Last Jedi and particularly Force Awakens. But that's a bit of a misnomer considering just like the build up there. was. To, sorry. Correction, Joker made more. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. It do, it, do, it doesn't surprise me. Um, like, yeah, Rise of Skywalker has managed to get away because it made so much it's managed to get away with not being seen as a disappointment. But it's a disappointment. Um, I'm fucking dreading. I, I, you know, Steve kind of turned me around on it in, in the review. I'm fucking dreading rewatching Rise of Skywalker. Dreading it. Um, anyway. The latest one? Yeah. I really like it on rewatch. Yeah, I, I just... It, I, it, it, it still annoy. It, I know Steve made a really good argument for it, but it still annoys me that Palpatine is in it because there is fucking no inference whatsoever in Force Awakens or Last Jedi, uh, Last Jedi that Palpatine is going to be behind everything. There's none. 
So there you go. Steve, sorry. <laughs> so um, the, the two I'll uh, focus on. Um, do little. Yes. So this is the film that is not done very well in the US. Not an outright bomb. Uh, I think it's done about 60 million over um, over the course of like two weekends and a full week. So not great. Not not an absolute train wreck. Um, you know, people saying, is it another Cats? No, it's not. Um, it's, it's fine. It, it's, it's fine. Key problem, Downey Jr. spends so much time focusing on his Welsh accent that he forgets to try and be charming. Um, it's really weird. That character is not in one bit charming. Oh. Uh, which is usually Downey Jr.'s thing, but he's yeah. mumbling away half the time. Um, there's fuck all character development. It feels cut to within an inch of its life. It's about 90 minutes before credits. And mental. They never expected that movie to be that. No. Um, there's like an animated sequence at the start, which feels like it's put in there to paper over about 15 minutes worth of stuff that they shot and just couldn't work it out. Um, I, yeah, like it, it's basically just things happen and then the characters deal with the things. Not much, not all that much is, is particularly set up. I mean, what, what's the story? Um, Doolittle is a recluse because his wife went on a voyage and died. Um, but the Queen is gravely ill, played by Jesse Buckley of Wild Rose and Beast fame, who spends about 80% of her screen time asleep. Um, odd. Um, yeah. Um, uh, she's gravely ill, and he is tasked with finding a mythical or seemingly mythical fruit that could save her. My, Michael Sheen is the hammy bastard who actually wants the queen dead and is sent to uh, try and kill Doolittle uh, or stop Doolittle. Um, but uh, the, the, the action when it's there is fine. It's bright. It's colorful. You know, lots had a decent time with it and it, it it's not aggressively shit. It's fine. It just, that film costs too much to be fine. Um, and it, it's disappointing that Downey Jr. does that with this film. Like, he's a character who can talk to animals. Be fun. Have moments when you've got a twinkle in your eye. Because yeah, there's it, fuck it, all. Sorry, it, go on. I've not seen it, but that, that, if, if you're, if, what you're saying like there, there's, there's no charisma to it. It's like, well, then why have Downey Jr. in that role? Yeah, I mean, I, I, honestly, I, I think if he if he just didn't concentrate on the accent, just do a generic English accent. You know, I mean, it's you know, it's fun that he's Welsh. You know, being where I live, that's it. I, it it's quite fun watching him go like over by here. And no, that was terrible. God, I've lived <laughs> I've lived in Wales for like. A long time. You went very black country there. Like, no, oh. no, yeah, I know. I didn't mean it either. Hello, Barry. Hello, Barry. 
I'm just trying to get it. No, it's gone. It's gone. Um, over, no, over, over by you. No, 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 it's gone. Um, but that's the thing. I'm concentrating on that and having to concentrate really hard. And I'm not saying I'm fucking Downey Jr. or anything, but it's like if it's an accent that is so alien to your usual accent. I mean, for degree of difficulty, Welsh is pretty up there. And yeah. he sounds all right, but he's mumbling. And mumbling Downey Jr. and quite low energy Downey Jr. It's not fun Downey Jr. No. It just, it isn't. John Cena voices a polar bear and he's ten times more charming. Is it, oh, is he the, the polar bear that wears the hat? Yeah. And he's he's alright. He's alright. Kumail Nanjiani as an ostrich? Sure. What does Craig Robinson voice? Oh, was he the fucking... Hang about. Was he the, was he the fly? Or, no, who was the... Hang about, hang about. No, I feel like I'm missing a trick here. Let's see how long my phone takes to... Uh... Ah. ah, God damn it. Craig... Robinson Doolittle, yes. Search that. I'm fucking. I'll just do it on the Mac then. Jesus, hang on. I need to know now. <laughs> yeah, Emma Thompson's in there. Yeah, that was fucking Ray Fiennes. Is the fucking tiger Barry? Barry. Hello, Barry. Um. Yeah, no, it's gone. Um, right, Craig. Robinson do little Yeah, he is Kevin the squirrel. Yeah. Um he's quite good, but again, kind of a sign of things being cut. The young uh, apprentice of Doolittle it shoots a squirrel and then he takes it to Doolittle to be healed and then he the squirrel swe- swears vengeance against the boy so every now and then you get these scenes of like Ray Robinson basically talking about how he wants revenge on the boy but you never follow up on that and I'd, I'd like to see that I want to see some scenes where a squirrel tries to uh, um, murder a teenage boy yeah I, I, I would prefer to watch that than what it sounds like being little yeah yeah it's um but like I say it, it's not a train wreck it's just not great um it, it does feel like a bit of a fucking folly. And I hope Robert Downey Jr. actually remembers to try and be charming next time around. Anyway. Um, last one for me, The Lighthouse. Um, new film from uh, Robert Eggers, director, uh, writer-director of The Witch. Uh, basically a two-hander between Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Uh, they play guys who have been assigned to look after a lighthouse for four weeks. Um, they both have secrets uh, and they come out in amongst a load of alcohol and resentment. Um, Willem Dafoe's previous partner at the lighthouse went mad, starting to think that he could see stuff in the lighthouse light. Um, oh, hello, Lottie. You going to bed? All right, hug, hug. Okay. Hug, hug. All right. Love you. See you in the morning. 
Okay. Um, sorry about that. And um, yeah, and uh, he, he he thinks there's mermaids and stuff, and then Robert Pattinson starts seeing this stuff. Um, I I I find the thought of um, uh, seagull killing incredibly erotic. So um, the lighthouse is basically Boner Jams 2020. Um, it's fine. It's like, like Doolittle, <laughs> um, about the only way it's similar to Doolittle, to be fair. Um, the thing is, there comes a point in this film where it's just like, yeah, there's there, there's a fucking weird image. Cool. All right. Oh, there's another one. Yeah, all right. Um, and by the end, it's like I'm kind of interested in what's happening and whether it's all in people's heads or not. And then there's a bit of an answer, and then it ends. Um, Defoe and Pattinson perfectly decent. Um, it just felt like an a, a, a lot of wanking and not a lot of cum. <laughs> just just edging in a ruined orgasm yeah 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 um I, I was pretty disappointed to be fair it was in my top five most anticipated at the end of 2018 yeah. um based on what i thought of the witch and I, I i really really rate the witch and i i would like to live deliciously um you know black philip call me um but with this it's just two guys going nutty in a lighthouse and it's kind of fun in moments, but when Eggers is just like, yeah, let's have some fucking weird imagery and it's all black and white and four, three. Uh, yeah. And my, my tolerance for it kind of, I, I kind of ran out of patience with it to be honest. So that's the lighthouse. I do have one other that I almost forgot. What? Um, so, I watched, I finished today, uh, Miss Americana, the new Netflix Taylor Swift documentary. Oh, yeah. Um, I really liked it. And I don't think just because I have a predilection towards Taylor Swift. Um, it's interesting. It's a film which basically says, hey, you know what? If Taylor Swift is a little bit shitty sometimes, fair enough. It, that, that's 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 basically it. It, it, it. It's a story of how this girl who basically just wanted to make other people like happy, you know, and it's like she she did her songs and she tried to make an impression of people and she just wanted to be told she was good. Um, when the Kanye West I'm a let you finish thing happened, it basically just set her on this course for the next decade of it's kind of like almost like self-loathing and wanting to be loved and then when being rejected kind of getting into a depression spiral um and it's just like do you know what fair enough like i don't think i'd ever really seen the whole footage of kanye west like basically steaming in and just straight up like saying beyonce's video was one of the best of all time and taylor swift is like all these people were booing and I thought they were booing me. I thought they were siding with Kanye. I didn't realize they were booing Kanye. And it's like, she was 17 when that mm. happened. Yeah. And it's like, just the effect that that must have fucking had on a 17 year old girl 
And, you know, it, it just it explains a lot. It exp- And I will say it all and like the stuff that happened after it explains reputation, which is a really fucking like, wow, you're getting some shit off your chest album. Um, and yeah, it, it it's it, it feels it does feel ever so slightly stage managed. Um, but I, I suppose that's what you're going to get with an approved by the subject documentary, and, and um, especially an approved by the subject documentary that's approved by Taylor Swift. She and this is a criticism of, of her actually. She manages her brand very very carefully. No, abs- absolutely. But, but but by the end, it's interesting, like the whole kind of like her coming out and basically like d- supporting the Democrat um, representative in the midterm elections in 2018, like the kind of the journey to her doing that, where it was like, I didn't think people needed to know my opinion. And then realizing that, you know what? No, I'm not going to stand back and let this per- a person who's running for Senate who goes against uh bills designed to um protect women from domestic violence and goes against uh bills basically saying that gay people should have equal rights and it's like no i am going to say something and there's some really interesting stuff where her people are basically saying do not fucking do this don't do a dixie chicks and then she's explaining her reasoning and it feels real enough and there's an arc for her here where it goes from a, a girl who just wanted to make pe- people happy with her music to a girl who kind of realizes the power she has and wants to use it for things that she cares about. And that's fair enough. You know, um, I, I, I thought it was a really well done bit of work. It's not at all critical of her in the slightest but to be fair an awful lot of pop culture has been really fucking critical of taylor swift for a long time now let her fucking say her piece yeah I, I, i'm actually quite looking forward to watching it yeah. it's it's good it's an hour 25 minutes long as well you know it, it, it's it, it packs a lot into its runtime yeah i really liked it um, um, yep, that's me. We've got a couple more on the decks. Yes. Uh, we rewatched uh, Cliffhanger, didn't we? Nice. Uh, we rewatched it last Wednesday. I didn't watch that one. Oh, fuck you. Uh, yeah, Cliffhanger's great. It, 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 it's just a really entertaining movie. It was that that period in like the early 90s to mid 90s where we got a lot of uh, like. like what would be 15s out here, um, PG-13 slash R-rated um, action flicks in, in the States. Uh, and they were always, you got like really entertaining ones like this and The Fugitive, I think were around sort of the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, what else? But, uh, you can do this one. Oh, we watched Stir of Echoes. Um, I, I really like Stir of Echoes. It's, it's, it's one that we used to watch a lot mm. in rotation didn't we this and white noise we used to watch quite a lot as well nice this is his wife i don't think i watched that as much as you probably not no. um yeah sarah becker's he gets hypnotized and it opens his mind up to weird shit 
and then he ends up solving a murder. Murder. Yeah, just it's it, 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 it's kind of like Kevin Bacon in a movie where you watch it and go, huh, odd choice Kevin Bacon at the time, but now makes perfect sense for Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, two new watches. Uh, we watched the Sisters Brothers. Uh, what do you think? It's an odd one. Mm. For sure. Um, I can see why it didn't quite um, it didn't quite land anywhere. But I'm also surprised that it didn't pick up a little bit more traction in the same way. In that it, it, it's just an odd little film that was quite fun and I quite enjoyed it. But I think that because it was that is the reason why it didn't kind of go further. I think it's hard to sell a Western that's not quite a comedy and not quite a, a, an outright drama. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of teeters in between. The yeah, it, it does. Um, and it ends up just being entertaining, but a little bit meandering. Mm. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it it possibly should have been better, but also I, I was quite happy with what it was. And then you, I'll let you tell this one. I'll reject because it's an odd one. This one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched one called When the Bow Breaks. Not um, one with Boris Chester. No. Um. Is this the one with... Ron Perlman. Oh, The Hounds, yeah. 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 So, the film starts... Um, yeah, it's a really fucking weird one. Yeah, the film starts where uh, there's a flood um, and it, it unearths a lot of hands. Mm. These various hands um, of people of various ages, isn't there? Yeah. Um, and so... Martin Sheen is um, charged with finding out who these hands belong to. And um, he has a profiler come in from the FBI to help out, played by Ali Walker, who just seems to smoke at really inappropriate moments all the way throughout the movie, and it gives you no... <laughs> what is it? Yeah. Um, and who also suffers from really bad claustrophobia that it gives you no context for. Yeah, because yeah, it just makes sense throughout the rest of the movie. It has no backup. And she ends up getting um, called. She's investigating as to what these hands mean and what the what this could be and where they came from. Um, and then because they think that it's probably a serial killer, but they're not quite sure yet. Are they? Um, and a, a randomly a doctor calls her and says, "Oh, I think my patient might have something to do with this." <laughs> so she goes to see this patient who is mute, self mute. Yeah. Um, but every year on his birthday, he draws a pair of hands gets, on like, the wall. Like stigmata type <laughs> bleeding on his wrist <laughs> yeah. as well, doesn't he? <laughs> All of this is true. I'm talking about. You're too sure you didn't but collectively dream this? So, oh, it gets better. <laughs> um, it contains a scene where she goes to see this kid. The kid gets up off a bed, starts looking at the, at the light coming through a window. And farts. Yes, it does do that. <laughs> yes. Um, it what this film does is 
intrigue by spinning an awful lot of plates and then just swiping them all down and going yeah. in a different direction. And that direction is creepy Ron Perlman talking <clears throat> about five different accents at once. And they're almost going, oh, is he the killer? Is he the killer? It's like, yes. Are you, wait a minute, you just told us he was the killer, and then you're now trying to hide the fact that he might be the killer, but you've just told us he is. Okay. And then a woman, and then Ali Walker, who is an FBI agent, and in the film tells you that she was, like, in the top, three at Quantico of her year, right? She then tries to break off a piece of board. Well, it's only like a little bit of plywood, isn't it? Yeah. That's covering over a window. To escape. To escape. Creepy Ron Perlman. Right, to creepy Ron Perlman. She has enough time, by the way, to, to, to jimmy this thing off, doesn't she? She doesn't do that, though, does she? No. What does she do, Becky? She, she uses her gun her as, gun like, a crowbar. As a crowbar. And drops it outside, and then goes shit. Doesn't like just then think to put a hand outside and grab the gun again. Decides, well, that's outside, and I can't see where it is. Uh, clearly, it's gone. So just gives up. Yeah, you're not hmm. wondering why Ron Perlman's killing these children. Oh, it's because the twins, isn't it? Yeah. So the the yeah the, the, the boy in the, the fighting boy in the has a twin sister. Yeah, played by the same actress. Yes. Um, who is born with deformed hands. Yeah. Um, so he wanted her to play piano, and he's a surgeon, so he just keeps killing people to get her new hands and sewing them on so she can play piano. Yeah. Right. Well done, guys. Well done. There's, there's, there is a scene where Rob Perlman buys her a cake. Yeah. Yep. And then goes, play the piano for me. <laughs> In about eight accents at once. <laughs> and then she literally just starts smashing her hands against the smashing, piano. Smashing at it. And he's like... <laughs> and he's going, yeah. Like, stood behind her, though. He's like, he's crotched right up against the back of his head, looking like he's getting off on it. Yeah. Making weird noises. Yeah. Well, Ron Perlman noises. Ron Perlman noises, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's... It's an experience, Ian. It's an oddity. A real fucking oddity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yes, wow. that's when the bow breaks. It's a fucking bizarre movie. Yep. Did we talk about Marriage Story when we, when we watched it? Uh, I spoke about Marriage Story. You were on the episode we talked about Marriage Story. I don't like Marriage Story. You didn't like Marriage Story, did you? It's shite. Um, did we talk about Stepford Wives? No. We watched the Stepford Wives. It happened. It happened. Which one? The Nicole Kidman? The yes. 2004. It's already fucking Nice. Weird yeah. Thing. I enjoyed it, but I watched it going, this movie's mental. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you do start looking at movies now and going, movies that aren't that old and going, this is, wait, I think it's like 17 years old, so it is actually quite old um, for a movie. But then it, it's, you do watch it going, can you imagine if that was released now? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it'd, don't think it'd watch now. I don't think it'd play well now. Uh, you seen Just Mercy yet, Ian? No, not yet. 
Have you seen Richard Jewell yet? No. Right, we won't do that then. Uh, have you spoken about that? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. That was part of the thing, wasn't it? Mm, 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 thing. Oh, we're done. We're done. Yeah. Oh wow. We started okay. the film last night, but we haven't finished it yet, so we'll talk about it next time. It's it's an Ashley Judd movie. Oh, of course it is. Nice. <laughs> oh, it's really good. Playing slutty cop. <laughs> well, I look forward to that. Um. <laughs> so, um, we put out a question. And we had one response, and the same person had a question for us. So, yeah, uh, a question. It is indeed. Good man. Yeah. Um, if you could reboot any movie, which would you choose? And he said, John Carter, the first one was good and just didn't get the audience it deserved. You, sir, are correct. Yeah. Um, and his question. After being reminded of FX and FX2, where Brian Brown's movie Special Effects Wizard became embroiled in police undercover ops gone wrong, what other unusual professions would you like to see the star of the thriller use their expertise in to solve crime? Oh, I tell you what, maybe not solve crime, but I'd fucking love. You know those fat bugs that you get in the sewers? Oh, yeah. Right. I want to have like some sort of fat bug combined with like some sort of toxic waste, which grows and grows and grows and it's like the blob yeah but it's just like a fat bug and it's just this fucking disgusting so it's like the blob but with like almost like a a modern satirical twinge to it yeah and i want chris pine to be like the world's best drainage expert who who has to come in and solve the problem and it's like his wife his wife died like drowning in a fat bug. I'm trying to think who would direct this really well. It sounds Wolfgang a bit Peterson. Huh? Wolfgang Peterson. Wolfgang Peterson. I, I, I do think it sounds a bit James Gunn. No, but I want it I like I want it to be taken seriously. Oh, I don't... Be serious. Oh yeah, yeah, Wolfgang Peterson then, yeah. Yeah. Put you up there. Come back to me. Okay, it worked out well. Because <laughs> it's only one of the rivers. Uh, what's mine? Uh, a mute rug weaver who knows something about a crime but they can't speak so they weave it into a rug. That sounds fucking incredible. That's fucking amazing, that. Can it be directed by the guy who directed The Snowman? <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be directed by the person who did When the Bow Breaks. I think it's there. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it absolutely could. Ah. <laughs> uh. Just what if the rug, uh, but if the rug weaver like read the rug and it just said, Mr. Police, you had all the clues. <laughs> right, <I> just... <laughs> um, what would work with that profession? A profession. You might only work to it long. There's only one of us. I thought you had one in mind. No, I was, I was, I was stall at the time. I mean, you didn't stall very well. <laughs> I did you? felt terribly. Let's well, you know, I got you to do your bit, so technically I stall well, no, because now it's still back to you, and you were so blown away by my amazing idea that you haven't been thinking. Oh, what about what about Tom Hanks ran, runs an Italian pizzeria, and he's involved in a contest with the owner of an Italian pizzeria, which is owned by John Turturro, and it's just a really nice film. I would watch that. 
pizzeria, American one. Didn't we watch something about a pizzeria and they're in contest? Little Italy. That was it. Yeah. I enjoyed that. It was fun. Mm. Bit racist. Just, it wasn't just, racist, yeah. <laughs> I just want to watch Tom Hanks just like make pizza and be nice. I'm so fucking psyched for Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. Yeah, I think I need to it go looks, see that. It looks like a hug film. It does. I want to hug you. You want to feel good after it. And you want to go see Queen and Slim feel really bad. Because white police officers are racist. A carpenter. Okay, okay. A carpenter. <laughs> right. But he's mute. Can't have mute. But he saw a crime. Right. <laughs> So all he can do is whiddle the scenes. <laughs> Mate, that's yeah. You've kind of you've done fucked up there, Mark. <laughs> you dickhead. Do your own thing. A dog groomer, and he saw a crime. Actually, but he can't to be fair, shit dog groomer was my first one. <laughs> Shapes it into the dog. Be a dog groomer, right? And the dog saw a crime, but he's also a bit of a dog whisperer because he spent loads of time with these dogs, so he has to get the dog. Somehow reveal the details. Of the Is the crime. dog played by Craig Robinson? I mean, it could be sold. It could be mentally voiced by Craig Robinson. Yeah, that'll so, do. I want Craig Robinson as a dog, dressed oh. as a dog, but all he's doing is it's just Craig Robinson, but his T-shirt has a picture of the dog that he is. It's not done properly, like in Russell Crowe. No, no, it's just it's just Craig Robinson in a T-shirt, and it's the, the dog's on there, and that's it. So you it then. My idea was good. My idea is Craig Robinson, so my <laughs> idea is instantly better. I think I won with my rug weaver. What about? <laughs> what about? A story about a hot tub time, hot tub repairman who turns the hot tub into a time machine, and he's not the focus of the movie. He's played by Chevy Chase. I'd actually watch a movie about him. I would watch. But I would watch any of the Hot Tea Universe movies. So. Hot Tea Universe? Yeah. Wow. I don't think that's a thing, man. It's not a thing, sadly, yet. So, that will do it for this week. Um, thank you very much for listening, folks. Uh, next week is uh oscar Bation, uh i should think and uh we'll be reviewing birds of prey and if we can all get to it in time underwater um we won't Queen do a pa- beautiful day in the neighborhood we'll chat about yeah <laughs> yeah i i'm not gonna get to everything um just take it out work again <laughs> fucking wish um but yeah, we we will do we will do a patron pick. Uh, we'll pick the next patron one next week. Um, I don't think like it's Oscars. I don't think like we've got enough to be doing. I think. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna let Mark and Becky have some food. So say goodbye, guys. Goodbye. Um, Podsyndicate.com. Go there. Get some Trin Trigger versus Panther. His film, her movie. Um, What's on tap? Entertainment landfill, beyond the neon. I think that's it. Um, yeah. Check out the YouTube channel, and uh, we will speak to you guys next week. Goodbye. When are you starting Resident Evil Two? I've already got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be streaming that probably tomorrow night or Wednesday, assuming it wins. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to set up loads of like fake accounts and go vote for it. Oh fuck you! It's winning. Yeah, it, it, it's it's winning comfortably. I'm so excited.
excited to watch Ian walking around my fucking police station getting stalked by Mr. X. I'm really not looking forward to that at all. You just run away. Honestly, just run away. Okay. Let's go to your advice. <laughs> right, guys, I'll let you get some food. Go on. Goodbye. Goodbye. Cheers, guys. Bye. Syndicate Valley. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.